Welcome to the Men Refine Podcast. This is a project to help men to recover their identity in Christ through relationships and tools to be better men, husbands, and fathers for our community. Hey friends, welcome. This is episode number four of the Men Refine Podcast. And today, today I have my good friend, brother with me, Ad Vogel. Ad, how's it going, man? I'm great, man. How are you? Good, good. Awesome. Thank you for joining. My pleasure. Good to have you here in the hall. Awesome. All right. How about you tell us a little bit about you, Ad? What do I know about you? You're a designer. I am a designer. Yeah. You design cool stuff. I do. The Lord has given me the gift of creativity. Hmm. So thank you for opening that up because I was going going to ask you, what would you like to know? Ah. Right? Um, because you know, when people ask that question, hey, tell me a little bit about yourself. Where do you go? Like, what do you what do you want to know? Why why should people care? You know, why do you want to care about what who I am? So I, I I am a designer. The Lord has given me the gift of creativity and imagination, but also a business sense as well. I own a design firm, um, and we design really cool um, architectural signage and what we call experiential graphic design. Um, in the branded environment for resorts and hotels and hospitalities, restaurants, all the cool places you want to go, we design. So that's awesome. And that's what I do. And I have a beautiful wife of almost 20 years, four kids. We have a spread for our kids. We have a 20-year-old in the Navy, a 15-year-old sophomore, a four-year-old sweetheart, and the nickname we call him Mr. Smiles is our 10-month-old. So Mr. Smiles, um, Ozzy the man, the Oz man, Ozzy the man. So Aiden, Olivia, Amelie, and Ozzy, we call him Oz man. Um, he is the happy little boy and he is our bookend um, for our boys. Life is good. We live in Brighton, Colorado. How is the picture for, for Christmas coming? You got a new addition <laughs> to the family now. <laughs> Yes. You know, that's a big deal. And, and I know why you bring that, that up. Is an, that is an inside joke for those who don't know, but we yes. understand each other. But yes, so, I had to ask that question. How because, is that Christmas picture coming? Because it's an inside joke, I have to let the um, your listeners know what, what it is. So Not every, necessarily. Yeah, kind of. So I'll, I'll, I'll just give you a, um, a little brief um, understanding of what I do every year. I, I think the Christmas pictures are, are kind of funny because I, I know that everyone... At least Sarah and my Sarah's my wife. At least Sarah and I, what we do is we get the Christmas picture or the Christmas card from our friends, and we're like, "Oh, that's nice," and then we throw it directly in the trash. And I feel awful for doing it. But um, so what I do, and it's a joke, just because between my and my, it, it actually annoys my wife. Um, I don't I, know if I'm sending one to you this year then, because we stopped sending cards since we moved here. I will, I will, I will put so your. I don't. I, put the I don't know if I will send you one now. Though. I will put the picture of the Sephontes. Uh, I have. I have to think about it. On now. My I have to think about it now. But I, um, I superimpose my face on a random family and I send it out to people just to confuse them, and I say something stupid, and um, this year it's going to be epic because it's going to, um, let's just say bear and dogs and puppies really just puppies and bear and um that's as far as i'll go because it's gonna be hilarious and here here's the thing my mother gets offended she gets she doesn't understand the humor and how, that's okay. how bad she i know your mother personally she, she so how bad does she, she get doesn't offended? get she doesn't get it um she is your typical what you would call a jewish american princess mm. and um i wonder if she will be listening to this maybe Maybe or maybe I don't know. She's a busy lady, but but you know what? She yeah. She goes why? Just send me a picture. I'm like, you know, 
how about you just look on Facebook and just see your grandkids? Who cares about the Christmas picture? It's, it's so contrived, right? For me, it's it's so no no family is that happy. And this is the Jew coming out of me, right? So for those of you who don't know, it is a classic, though. It is. Christmas pictures are a classic. I grew up a, um, a Jewish boy with the cynicism of like, no one's that happy. Come on. You know, your family does not look like that. You guys are you guys were fighting each other before that picture, right? Likely. Very likely. And your wife hates your guts right now. Very but likely. smile for the camera. Very likely. <laughs> exactly. Especially when I don't want to smile. Yeah. But you're I don't here, care how I look. I look fine. You're the problem. But here's the thing. You know, you want to fool the audience, okay? All right. But you know what? A person like me, I can see through that. The Lord has given me, and the topic of today is the spirit of discernment. I can see through your balloon. I can, I, and I know the backstory of that family Christmas photo. You guys hated each other. You guys were yelling at each other. No one was actually happy in that photo. We are in episode number four, and, and today's episode is about discernment. Why having the right men around you is important for community life. And not just men, but I think the Holy Spirit has given us and allowed us to, through His divine power, to, to discern between good and evil, between love and hate. And I think that's something that the Scripture points very clearly, that that only comes from God and God alone. Really, it's 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 the difference between truth and lies, right? And how can you um, discern between what is true, which is God, right? God is the greatest truth, and lies. And who is the serpent of lies, the king of lies, is Satan, right? How can you discern between the two? And how can you know when you're being lied to? Well, let's let's talk about discerning, right? The word discerns, and it's all derivatives, our, transla- our translations of the Greek word Anacrino and in the New Testament, and it, and it means to distinguish, to separate out by diligent search, to examine. Discernment is the ability to properly discriminate or make determinations. It is related to the wisdom that comes from God. The Word of God itself is said to discern the thoughts and intentions of one's heart. Mm. Romans 12, 9, we're commanded to hate what is evil and cl- cling to what is good. But unless we have true discernment, how can we determine what is evil and what is good? In order to maintain purity of the gospel, the church must continue and distinguish truth and uh, from heresy. Wisdom also demands that we properly discriminate between what is best and what is merely good. Yeah. So based on what the Bible says, would you say that somebody who does not have the Holy Spirit inside of them, who has not accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, can be a person that can practice discernment? Yeah, I actually think that... Um the Lord has instilled in us or instilled in some people at birth that they are able to distinguish what is a truth and what is a lie, right? And you see that even today. I mean, today you see so many lies being peddled to us. And I see also understand that there, there are people out there that are not Christians or followers of Jesus Christ that are able to say, hey, you know what? That's actually a lie, right? That's not true. Um, men can't be women. Women can't be men. I think that's the biggest topic right now is um, yes, the um, transgenderism, and let, let's just put this out there. You know, this is not a transphobic conversation. This is not a transphobic idea. This is the difference between truth and lies. And does Jesus love people that identify as a transgender person? The answer is yes. And as Christians, should we love those people as well? The answer is yes. Now, do we have to? Um, conform or um, wrap our heads around like what they are saying, what is what they were quote unquote their truth. The answer is no. To love someone, you don't actually have to align yourself with their beliefs, 
right? And this is where the topic of discernment comes from. What, right? you're, what you're talking about is affirming somebody's lie or exactly. affirming what they're doing wrong just just to just to be at peace with them. Exactly. We're not called to do that. And that's not being discerning, right? Because, because in love, need we need to... We need to condemn those things. We need to have those conversations. And we need to come in with that through love. Yeah. And through love means that if I see you doing something wrong, I'm going to tell you what you do when it's wrong in love. And that doesn't if, mean I hate you. Correct. Right? It doesn't mean that, I, um, yeah. that, I, that I'm a transphobic person. Because I, if I wouldn't like you, I wouldn't care. And we're not here to condemn you as well, but we're, we're here to tell the truth, right? And the truth is Jesus Christ. And the truth is the word. And the truth is um, God's order and how he created all things, right? It's, it's, it's silly that we actually have to preface this whole conversation like, hey, we're not here to say that we, we hate you. We're not saying that we're, we're judging you. I mean, we are discerning what is truth and what is lies, right? And because um, you believe in something that is a lie, doesn't mean we hate you. We love you, actually, because Jesus calls us to love everyone. And that's very difficult in this age. And not just with our sexual preferences, if, if just to call it like that, uh, with this sexual revolution uh, in this time that we're living in. But, but basically, um, you know, as men, right, we are just in the middle of it. Basically, because we, as the spiritual leaders of our home, we have to practice discernment we have to yeah. ask god to give us the wisdom so we can make an educated decision with what we have but at the same time it is so hard as we are being challenged from all all aspects of yeah. of, of of our cultural engagement on how we want to have our family go in which direction yeah but here's the thing discernment also has to come with discipline right that's good and so what happens is us men, right? Let's say we, you know, let's say we're just talking about Christian men, and mm -hmm. we realize, oh my gosh, the world is so woke and it's so awful, it's so bad, this is crazy, and they go the full other side of the spectrum, and they start making snide remarks, um, they start sending memes, they start um, saying things that Jesus wouldn't say. Mm -hmm. So we have to be disciplined and understand that um, if someone were to come to me and say, hey. Do you love the LGBTQA plus community? Because that's how they call it themselves, right? I would say, yes, I love them. Why? Because Jesus loves them. Now, do I affirm what they do? No. Do I agree with their belief system? No. But do I love them? Yes. Right? So as believers, as men in Christ, we have to be disciplined enough to understand that just because what they're espousing to us, right, what they're trying to peddle us, what they're trying to market to us, right, the whole love is love, which is, it's, it's, it's such a manipulation of words in advertising. And that's what advertising does. They manipulate words and they try to twist um, the semantics of things to, um, to sell a product, to sell an idea, right? So we have to be able to discern what is being sold to us or what is being tried to sell, um, being sold to us, you know, marketed to us? And then how do we respond as a follower of Christ in love, right? Because back to the original, like, can a person that is not in Christ have the spirit of discernment? Sure. You can say, hey, that's a lie. That's the truth, right? Because God has made us in his image. We are able to understand the order of things. Right? As men, we have the, um, 
desire, the, um, the innate desire in our DNA to set order to our household. Whether we're great at it or not, there's still a desire to set order to our household. What, what is that called that people don't, don't really want to talk about lately? Patriarchy? Yeah, the patriarchy, right? Well, here's a but so, what a so, bad word to so, say. So, so, but here, but here is the thing. That's that's the whole marketing, right? Definitely, that's the marketing of a house being we, portrayed as something wrong and bad, but he, coming from men, and that's Satan right there, man. Of course. So that's Satan, the the um, the expert in advertising, the expert in marketing, right? How do you destroy the nucleus of family? A family, right? Yeah, society, right? Right. You um, you destroy. It with words, with with sayings, or oh, the marketing, right? The the, the patriarchy is um, is the problem is to, is the the reason for all your problems, right? So again, as men, we have to be um, able to discern what is be- the difference between truth and lies, and then also with discipline, come in and understand how to navigate through that, right? Or you know, some people decide to just you know what, what one thing that I've seen in um, in society, especially our society, people men that call themselves men, they just say, you know what, I'm not gonna give um, I'm not gonna pay it any attention, I'm not gonna give it any any of my thoughts. What are you talking about? Men that say, you know what, you be you. Oh, right, right, you be you. And if you want to call yourself that, that's fine. But, you know, here's the thing. We're past that, right? We're past that in the sense that... But now you're referring to those men who are passive. Well, they, and, right? and they, they feel that they're being virtuous men. Of course. Right? What do we call those guys? Soft men. White knights. Yes. Right? These guys that, you know what? You be you, and whatever makes you happy, whatever floats, just don't let it, you know, yeah. trickle into my life. Right. Here's the thing. Guess what? It's trickling into our lives. Of course it is. It's trickling into our children. Everywhere. Right? And we have to be strong enough in the spirit. Being in the spirit isn't just being abrasive. It's being in love and being tactful. Jesus was the master of putting people in their place. Right? When he, um, when he, the Pharisees tried to corner him into certain types of scenarios, what does he do? He's a master with his words. Mm. He says, hey, isn't it written? Didn't you know this? He quotes the Bible. He quotes, he quotes the he, mayor prophets. He quotes himself. That's it. All right. He quotes himself. And guess what? What do they do? They, one by one, they back away. Right? Because the Lord, our God, is able to understand what is someone trying to manipulate you, someone trying to spread lies, or someone trying to... Um, put you in a corner to harm you, right? So we need to be able to understand when that is happening and how to actually navigate ourselves out of that. So I think being um, being wise with your words, you know, understanding um, that, you know, being have, having situational awareness is key to discernment, right? Being aware of where you are and what's out of place, Right. And then being in the Word and understanding God's Word is, is key. It's paramount. The Apostle Paul, he wrote in the letter, in the letter to the Corinthians, in uh, 1 Corinthians 14.33, he says, For God is not, a, is not a God of disorder, but of peace. And other versions will say, For God is not a God of disorder, but a God of order, as in all the congregation of the Lord's people, talking about the church and how the church needs to 
keep that patriarchy coming, which patriarchy really means is just God's order unto men. And then he goes, uh, first uh, in, in 1 Corinthians 2.14, he says, The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. So the Bible is very is very clear on how the Spirit interacts with our decisions. How the Spirit makes us makes clear our our decision process, our 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 thought process when when we are faced in a situation that we have to try to understand, analyze, and 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 figure it out. What's the best way? What's the best course of action? And what the Bible says about it? Like, what's the peace that I'm gonna get from God? How are we gonna go? Which direction I really want to take my family on this? Do I really want to stand up and fight with my wife? Uh, because she doesn't see eye to eye with me. I mean, those are some of the things um, that are happening right now uh, culturally and within the church body too. Do I really want to confront my daughter, my son, because what they're doing is wrong? How do I do this well as a man, as a Christian man, that I'm trying to figure this out, really trying to figure this out, but having God's word paramount to be Mm -hmm. number one, in my life, but how God is going to help me to make these decisions this in this time of age? How do I how do I teach this to my kids, to my sons, to my daughters? And I'm gonna get into these fights. I'm, it's gonna friction is gonna happen. Mm-hmm. I, I love to say that you know friction friction need to happen in every relationship because what happens through friction is that spark, and then the, from the spark it, it, it comes the fire mm-hmm. that generates that gets generated from the spark, and that fire will purify will purify that problem that issue, and and it will breathe a fresh a fresh anointing from God into that situation. So so friction we need to allow. Mm friction to happen in our relationships with our families as men, but because we're called to be the spiritual leaders of our homes, of our households, we need to be able to discern where we're going to put an emphasis and where we're going to stand firm and where we're going to let go. Yeah, That is so important and that's such a key and people don't think about it. Oh, here's the thing. I mean, okay, first and foremost, that was great. First and foremost, isn't it amazing? As soon as you gave your life to Christ and you accepted him to be your Lord and Savior, things started to really make sense, right? So it's an eye-opening, right? It's it's eye-opening, right? And then you're like, wow. Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize that. And then, you know, when you realize that God is a God of order and he's a God of love, compassion, and understanding through that order, it's amazing your eyes become open and you can start to discern what is being peddled to you as lies. And then also, how do, how do you start to navigate through this wicked world that we live in? And, um, and how, do you, how do you raise those children that, um, that God has gifted, gifted you with, right? Because as, as men, we actually, we, we, we're the shepherds of these, these people, human beings that God has created. Wow, what a responsibility. Huge responsibility. So it's you know, so when you have that friction, let's say with your teenager, because it's gonna happen, right? It's it's inevitable. Oh, it's just a matter of time. And you know, we you know, I mean comedians have jokes about it you know, throughout history. You know, it's 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 a lot of craziness in the household trying to communicate with a teenager because they are right on everything and then Sure. Of course they are. 
you know, guys out there, we need to realize that your teenagers will get through it and you will get the call that they love you. And thank you, Dad, for being stable, being um, calm, and, um, and being firm in your ways in the house, right? I got that call from my son, you know, after he finished boot camp in the Navy. You know, before that, he thought I was just the biggest jerk. What a beautiful thing that much has been, though. I mean, as a man, as a father, as a father, raising a man, because you're not raising boys. No. You're raising men. Raising men. And, and you have two and, sons now. And women. Yes. Raising women as well. And raising women to be attracted to godly men. But that's a totally different monster. No, no, no. That's, totally that, different monster. That's a monster. whole different yeah. talk, Mark. Yeah. Right? So let's, 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 let's stay in raising okay. men. Because okay. when you got that call, uh, you know, that, that must have been... The most, the most beautiful thing that a man and a dad can actually have. Well, it was huge. So let's take a few steps back. My son um, is so, he's the apple of my eye. I love that. Yeah. And God says that we're the apple of his eyes. But because of that, he, you know, my son, when he was going through his, um, his adolescent years, he thought he was smarter than he was. And um, we butt heads. And my wife thought like, oh, wow, this isn't working out. Ad and Aiden are um, are not doing well with each other. Something's something's not wrong. Well, the fact of the matter is, is the world was getting into my son through his education, and he was developing his ideas. Now, before adolescence, kids have a very black and white idea of the world, right? Their parents, it's very black and white. Yeah, whatever my parents say is correct. Of course. Right, hundred percent. That's the way it should be. Yeah, Santa Claus is real. Yes, absolutely. Because my parents say absolutely. But once they hit adolescence, their brain turns into pudding. Okay, and these abstract thoughts come in, and they start to explore these thoughts, and it's this mushy pudding of lies mixed with truth, mixed with, and so this is why you get these awkward teenagers, right? Because they have no clue what to do, right? Like. The whole comedic joke, like, what do I do with my hands? Like, oh, my gosh. You know, they're, they're so self-conscious. Um, but my son was trying to challenge me on everything. And you know what? As a man who runs a business, who, um, who is a follower of Christ, who understands um, the truth, it's frustrating, extremely frustrating to deal, with this, um, to deal with this boy who thought he was smart. And, you know, the fact of the matter is he was, he's smart, but the fact that he was wise right? Bro, you have no clue what you're talking about, right? <laughs> and that's the, that's the quintessential like, comment with dad's like, dude, you have no clue what you're talking about. I've been there. Yeah, you're just a 15-year-old boy. Done that too. Right? So then, then he grows up and he has this girlfriend and she's a sweetheart, but you know what? She's going through these things as well. Her body's changing, all these, all these crazy things that we don't, it's awkward to talk about, right? And um, she's challenging me all yeah, Aiden's dad is just a jerk. He's just a tyrant, whatever. And I'm not. I mean, I'm just I'm just a guy that expects certain things, right? I'm just expect my my kids to perform and do what I what I say and to honor and obey their parents, right? And the fact of the matter is, you know, Sarah and I um we're not as hardcore as other parents. We let something slide that shouldn't slide. And um but anyway, you know, Aiden you know, graduates high school. He does well, right? He does what he's supposed to do, and you know the bare minimum. And um, he doesn't know what to do, like most kids, right? He, what am I going to do now? 
And so he's living at her house, but he's also thinking that he is the bee's knees, that he is the the wise man, the cool guy. That man, you have no clue what's happening. You don't even know what this this word coming from the you know, you know, you don't even know what this saying is. Dad, you're just dumb, right? I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, maybe I am. Right? He has no clue. So, you know, I I see this guy. He's you know, at, at this point he's um 18, 19 years old, right? He sees himself way ab- the value of himself way above where he actually is. Now, the fact of the matter is his value is great because God loves him and he's got great value. But he is um he is arrogant, right? So there's a difference between pride and knowing the value that God puts on you. You are a valuable masterpiece that God has made. But then there's arrogance, right? Mm. And he was an arrogant guy. He um he thought he was smarter than he actually was. Um, what I was, my wife was like, "It's your favorite word." It was my favorite word at the time. It was sophomoric. My son was sophomoric <laughs> because he was being sophomoric. He's an idiot, right? So then, um, so what I did, he's living in our basement and he's being a schlub. Now, in Yiddish, schlub is a person that is just a lazy person. Okay, and he's lying around. I'm like, man, I'm sick of this guy. So as a man, right in Christ who goes through, um, who does what he's supposed to do. I'm running a business, I'm running a household, and I see this guy that's 19 that thinks he's the, he's the, the, the man. Alpha, yeah. He's the man, right? And it just, oh my gosh, this guy, this guy just, this guy just needs to get punched in the chest. Right? This guy, needs, he needs to get his butt kicked really good right now. That's, that's, that's my flesh speaking. I mean, maybe be the Holy Spirit, you know, here's, here's the thing. It's good to get your butt kicked, right? Because it get, allows you to realize where you're at. But anyway, um, so what I, I talked, I spoke to my wife. I'm like, hey, listen, honey, we need to make a change with this guy. And um, we're going to start charging him rent. And my wife, being the loving mother that she is, oh, we can't. We just, just let him just be who he is. But you know what? Then all of a sudden, he started saying stuff to her. And she's like, you know what? Charge this guy rent. <laughs> this guy is out of line, Right? And I think a lot of parents, we've been there. They've been there like this guy is yeah. out of line. Yeah. So we started charging him 600 bucks a month. Now, 20 years ago, my wife and I were paying 600 bucks a month for rent for a nice house on um, in, in Evergreen, off um, on Evergreen Lake. How many years ago? That was 20 years ago. Wow. And so I, I said, honey, because she was like, oh, 600 bucks a month is, is, um, is too much. My Jewish mother, oh my gosh, 600 bucks a month is too much. What are you doing to him? I'm like, mom, I paid 600 bucks a month 20 years ago. Now, inflation, the same place that, we're, um, that we rented 20 years ago is 1,300 bucks now. Should I charge him 1,300 bucks? I was 20 when I was paying that. Hmm. Okay. So I thought 600 bucks, you know, that's it. I'm set. You know, um, the Lord says, you know what? That's a fair amount. So I started, I said, Aiden, you're paying 600 bucks a month. Figure out how to make that. Mm. Not my problem. Right. And if you don't make it, oh, there's going to be, there's good. Here, here are the things that's going to happen if you don't pay that. Bop, 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 bop. You're going to put a lien, a lien on his body? I'm going to put a lien on his life. <laughs> 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 so anyway... He heard the severity of it, and um, he started doing anything that it took to make money. He started coming to, and here's the thing: I'm, I'm making Aiden sound like he's, you know, he was. The dude's been a great, great son. He's come to work with me. He's he's been through some hard things with me. He's been amazing, 
right? He's been such an amazing son, and I couldn't have asked for a better son. But you know what? He went through the typical teenage crap. So back to that phone call. So, so, so I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So, he, so he's paying 600 bucks a month. And then he's, I said, Aiden, you should just go to the military. Oh, my gosh. He's, everyone's like, Aiden, military? This guy is the farthest, thing from the, the farthest thing from the military that you can think of. Finally, he gets sick of paying 600 bucks a month, 3,600 bucks later, right? And he ships off to the Navy. And um, before that, he's like, Dad, I just don't want to be um, the loser in boot camp. I said, well, what are you going to do? So he, what he did is he hired a, a personal trainer, and um, and then he and he had to gain 15 pounds because this dude is six foot tall and he was 115 pounds. The guy was a string bane. Takes after my um, my wife's side of the family. Anyway, he had gained he gained 15 pounds. He um, he studied like crazy and he hired a personal trainer and he was a monster in base camp in, in um, boot camp. Right, he was a monster and he graduated top one percent. What a man! Right. So as soon as he graduated, right, I went out to Chicago. I was there with, and then he got he got married as well. Great. Listen, if your um if your heart is burning with desire, the it, the best thing to do is to get married. Get married. That's good. It's a good thing, right? So his beautiful wife Trinity is out there with us, and he says to me, "Dad, this was the best thing that I never want to do again." I said, "Hallelujah! Mm. You're a man." Mm. And and what I saw, so this this guy that you know was what, what I was calling sophomoric, this arrogant idiot, right? And I and, and I shouldn't. I mean, the guy is a wonderful guy. He's always been wonderful. He's always been an incredible son, but he was a typical nineteen-year-old boy who thought himself higher than he actually was. But at this point, he was higher than he actually viewed himself. So he was showing incredible humility. And I say, what a man! This guy is a badass. Right, so he finishes boot camp and then he gets sent to a school in Pensacola, and I get a call. I'm like, okay, and and I remember I gave my dad this call as well, but not as soon as he did. Right, I, mm. I was in my twenties when, uh, late twenties when I gave my dad the call, mm. and I think you know most dads of um of young adults know what the call is, right? Mm. And um, he said, Dad, I just want to thank you so much for being on me. And having me do things that I didn't want to do, and um, and caring enough about me to push me, and and that was one of the greatest moments of my life. When he said that, thank you. What a man! What a man! What a man! And now I can say my son is an incredible man. Amen. Better man than I am, right? Better man than I ever was. Now he's handling business. He's going to be shipped off to Tokyo, mm. serving our country. Right, he is a um, petty officer, third class. He's gone through multiple promotions, and he's twenty. That's amazing. Still have such a long life ahead of he, him. He does. He so does. much to learn, and at the same time, at the age of twenty, he's showing characteristic characteristics of a man. Yeah, and you know what? And here's the thing, right? He's able to discern what it is to be a man and where he was. So where he is now. And where he was as a boy, hmm. right? And so he's able to separate that. And I think that is the, that is a critical thing to point out: is where is that separation between boy and man? How many forty-year-old boys do you know? Oh, you know what? I've seen a lot of forty-year-old boys. Oh, the, the, how the, painful is that? 
It's painful. It's like, stop being such a baby. We call them man babies, right? Stop being a man baby. Jeez Louise. You know. What do you think is going on there? I think it is. How does that happen? I mean, we do know, but how do we put words into how does that happen? I mean, there's an old joke around right now in the States of people, even within the military, right? Uh, um, You know, if, if for some reason the United States go to war, a lot of people are scared. A lot of people are scared of it's, of that generation right now. Though. They're pacifiers, okay? It's it's pacifying. It's it's being pacifists, right? It's saying, hey, let's try to shield people from hardships. Let's try to shield people from um, hard realities. And let me just say, I'm not just talking bad, bad about those who are serving our countries. On the contrary, I'm actually trying to make an, a statement on manhood and masculinity right now what culturally they are expecting from us as men they want soft men to rule the world not really they don't want soft men to rule the world but they 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 want soft men because they know they can do whatever they want with soft men and here's the thing the enemy knows that if he can get to boys yeah and, that's it and, and instill fear in boys of getting into the crosshairs yes right yeah of reality I don't remember. I'm quoting somebody. I do not remember. I could look it up, um, but I'm not going to, um, just to stay on time. But um, there, there's a quote that says, uh, once once goes the man, it goes family. Once the family goes, it goes society, right? And that's how you really destroy a country. That's how you really destroy a culture well, and a generation. Get, yeah. That's how you destroy people, right? Yeah. It's, there goes the man, there goes the family. There goes the family, there goes society. I mean, that's been happening for years and years and years. Me, as, a, as an immigrant, I used to watch these sitcoms, these American sitcoms, back in Venezuela, when I was in Venezuela. People were laughing at these sitcoms. Not at the sitcoms, but at your typical American male. Yeah, They were laughing because what you had was men coming from work, sitting on the sofa, watching TV, and women ruling the house, and well, kids making jokes and disrespecting well, the men, you have women out. disrespecting the men. I mean, children, men with children, yeah. uh, men with Mary with children was one of those. No, I'm, I was going to say Al Bundy. Al Bundy was you another Homer one. Homer Simpson. That's right. You have um, Peter uh, Griffith. It's just, right? it's mind-blowing. And that's what, what, that's what America well, was exporting, and it still is, but but I'm telling you from an immigrant perspective, how people were laughing at, yeah. at, at, me, at men, how they were portraying men in America. Well, how, how does the enemy achieve his goals? Very easily, right? Yeah. Through entertainment. Right. Right? If he can get to the entertainment and advertising, what sparks our interest, what tantalizes our desires, right? He can influence us, especially young men. He can influence young men through tantalizing images or fearful, fearful rhetoric, right? Like, hey, you know what? You don't want to be in the crosshairs, so you should probably conform to our ideals. Men are evil. White people are evil, right? Those are some of the battles that we as men, we as fathers, we as household leaders are trying to navigate. Well, and at the same to. time, we have to we have stand to. strong. And, and we have to fight and be warriors through, through the challenges. Through the friction, yeah, we have to stand firm and 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 praise God, praise God before He even opens the door. Even even 
even in the hallway, yeah. we need to praise God before he opens the door. So first and foremost, like, guys, we have to stand strong to our convictions with the Lord. And we have to realize that the Lord is already victorious. We are on the winning team. So when the enemy is espousing these lies through advertising, and I listen, I get it. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to be criticized by your peers, to be criticized by um, by your colleagues, to be to be the person that is on the outside, right? It's uncomfortable. I mean, we've experienced that, um, you know, as as children on the on the playground, we don't want to be the the outcast. We don't want to be the outsider, right? But as men who love our families, who love Christ, who love the truth. We actually have to stand strong and stand firm in the convictions of our Lord and understand that God is sovereign, even if the world seems bigger than us, right? It is not bigger than God. Amen. Right? I wrote, I, I read this book from Pastor Craig Grichel from uh, Oklahoma. The, he, he named the book Weird. Weird. It's about, I don't know, maybe about 10-year-old book, whatever. Um, I read this book. And, and the meat of the book was, was we are supposed to be the weird in the normal. So what is normal, and this was like a 10-year-old book, what is normal right now is actually not normal. Mm -hmm. But now we are becoming, we Christians, uh, we are becoming weird in society. So accept now that you are weird. You are weird because you're different to what the norm is calling norm now. What is normal right now, it wasn't a few years back. It just wasn't. Yeah. And and what people are calling normal, then because we know we can discern that is not normal, then we are being called weird. Yeah. And I think accepting who, who we are, accepting what God has done in our lives, accepting that we are supposed to be the weird ones in this world because we're not of this world. Our kingdom is not of this world. No, it's not. We are here. We're just passing by. We are supposed to be weird. And, and, and here's the thing, right? We need to realize that the normal world that we live in, and I'm putting that in quotations, right? The normal yeah, world. Yeah, norm, quote unquote norm. Yeah. Has a finish line. Grace. Yeah. We're, 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 we just heard the, um, yeah. the big pit bull yeah. shake herself. She's a sweetheart. But anyway, here's the thing. We are realizing that the normal world, quote unquote, has a finish line. Oh, it has an end. It is. Right? We know and the you know end. what? It ha and its end is a drop off. It is. But you know what? What you're saying is weird, right? Which is the truth. And it's not weird, right? No. It is absolutely not weird. It is in order and it is right. And it is right in Christ. It but, it's right. weird, but it's weird for them. Oh, of course it is. Right? I mean, First Corinthians, the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, mm -hmm. but well, consider them foolishness. Well, and Jesus also said that, you know, the world is going to hate you just as much as they hated me. But we need to, we need to hold steadfast to the Word of our Savior, to, word, to the Word of God, because we don't have a finish line, guys. We don't. So you have four kids. Yep. You have one, 20, 21. 20 years old. 20, 20, 20, sorry, 20, 21 in January. Um, I mean, he's basically 
He is a man. He is. On my book, he is. He's a he, um, he's, he's, he is a great man, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. On my book, he's a man. And, and if you're listening to that, dude, you're a man. Um, I will say this, though. How have you practiced discernment in your life right now? Through what you've been through, through your mistakes, through your wins? How have you practiced discernment? Have you seen God show up yeah. through your decisions? You know, I, th I think, you know, first and foremost, discernment starts with understanding and separating what is truth and lies. Then what I believe is, so it's, it's starting with what is the separation of truth and lies and then being bold in staying true to those convictions of the Lord, right? And so, and not wavering from what the Lord says. So if the Lord says, this is this, if, you know, black is black, then you got to say, hey, you know what? Black is black, right? And then, um, and then when your children try to challenge that, because they will, because they go, they, they, they're in the world mm. and they're children, mm. you have to be patient with them. You have to realize that it's just the world that your children will always gravitate towards you. Yes. All right. Because you are safety. Right. So when so let this is kind of a, a tangent, a side note. When you feel that your children are um, are veering from you, from your ideals, don't be worried. Be um, be obviously be cautious still, and put them in the the right the right places where they need to be. But don't be worried, right? Because your children will always gravitate towards safety, and safety is mom and dad. So make sure mom and dad are good. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, and that's that's one thing that I've realized with my twenty year old is that, you know, he may have um, may have shared certain ideals that are counter to what my wife and I believe. Whatever. Right. But when you are in the Word and you have discernment, you can actually read between the lines and you can say, Hey, you know what? This dude or this girl is. Um, it's in line with, with what mom and I have been teaching them their entire lives. And so don't worry. Your kids will always come back to you. And um, yeah, I, I think that is that is a truth. That is what the Lord has showed me in raising my kids. But also, um, you know, as far as raising my family, it's just being bold. Being bold in Christ. Know the truth. Know the order. And understand that you are not going to do things right all the time but always fall back into the word and understand what God is saying. One of the one of the thing one of the practices that bless you girl, one of the practices or disciplines that I'm trying to stay on task on task is um having the right people around me. I think it's so important to put the right people around you, especially when when you're not seeing the bigger picture or when we're thinking that we're in the right and not feeling it. Um, and I think that we men should practice also discernment on that sense, because I don't think we could do this also all alone mm. as, as men as we portray and we want to be and act. I don't think we can do this on our own. I think, no. I think it takes a lot of, a lot of, humbleness from our part at the same time humble ourselves onto our god mm. and and depend 
from him yeah. so much, but also um, as God speak to uh, to us through other, through yeah. the right people that we put around ourselves. So um, you know, there's a saying that you're the average of the five of the five people that you surround yourself with. Um, you know, I, I don't know too much about what to say about that. I, I don't know if it's five men or, or five people, etc. But but it's I think same. there's there's yeah. there's a saying. But but I think that the meat of the saying of the saying is actually you have to have the right people around you, right? Because that right people around you are that's how that's what God is gonna use to speak to you, to speak life into you, to yeah. encourage you, to fight uh, your sin. Yeah. To 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 make sure that you're in the right place at the right time, and and when we go on on, on that left lane, you know those people can actually help us to get back into the narrow road, and I think um, you know it takes a lot of discernment also, and and it's challenging at times because a lot of people, a lot of men don't want to have the yeah. time, don't want to make the time to invest in relationships well, because they're messy. Right, guys. This this is exactly why we need to read the Word, okay? Because the Lord is the Lord of illustrations, and if you want to follow the playbook, the Lord has given it to you, right? So He created a set of men called the apostles, and He also had women um, in there as well. But He surrounded Himself with the right people, right? So He went to, let's say, Peter. Not a perfect. Not, not, not perfect but, people. No, he went to he went to Levi, which better known as Matthew, mm-hmm. right? And he made apostles of him, right? Followers of him, and he discerned that these were the right people to have in my inner circle, right? To surround myself with, to then go out and create disciples. Right? Isn't it crazy that he didn't chose he didn't choose the righteous ones those those who were at the pinnacle. In the synagogue, but, but, or yeah, the rabbis, the, he chose ordinary people. But he was he he had his eye on Nicodemus. He did, right? He did. But but here's the thing with Nicodemus: he was not available. I think that God is looking for people that I do are believe that available. he did available. I do believe that he did eventually become available. But here but here's the thing: he chose people that he created in his image. Yeah. Right. Um, fishermen. Yes. Right. Um, People that are warriors. Right. Right. Men that can, other men and women can relate to. Yes. And so, yeah, he surrounded himself with people that would exemplify who he is. Now, they weren't perfect. Peter denied him three times. Oh. Right? Yes. And even though Peter was the, was the, um, the A student, right? He's he, the rock. Right. He was the rock, right? Upon on which I will build my church. But you know what? He made mistakes. But, Je- but he was glorified. But Jesus he was recovered. knew. He knew. God knew who he needed to use. So, so how as men, you know, do we, do we um, find other men to... Um, and how do we, if we're not married, how do we find a wife that can help us with this mission, right? That can be a partner in this mission for Christ. But really, you know, as, as men, how do we find friends to surround ourselves with that can help us with our mission, right? right? And ultimately, our wife is there to help us with our mission. They are not our mission, right? Right? They um, they are there to help us with our mission and to um, raise up new warriors mm-hmm. 
for Christ. Mm-hmm. And um, so how do we find them, right? And how do we surround ourselves with them? doesn't mean that we can't be friendly or friends with um, people that are outside of the faith. Right. Right? Um, we can certainly influence them. Mm-hmm. Um, should we ha- uh, have them um, influence us? No. 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 And that's where discernment comes in, right? We need to realize, okay, what that's we, we can't let falsities um, trickle in and influence our lives, right? And and here's the thing: here's on that, as Christians, we cannot let um, false teachings or false advertisements come in and influence our faith, our walk with Christ. And I see this too often on social media, too often in what's quote unquote. Um, Spiritual churches, right? The, um, you know, the, the hay, right, in, in Hebrew is the breath of God. Come on, right? Come on. You know, people falling for things because it sounds emotionally right. It makes them feel emotionally good, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Don't fall for it. It's a play of emotional dealing with, 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 with yeah. people's, um, Feelings, really. That's just what yeah. it is. Well, right? the en- the it's en- just playing with the emotions on people. Well, the enemy knows that our emotions are fickle. Right. Right? It can be um, swayed in um, so many different directions. It will deceive us. Right? So we we also... That's why the main part of um, the spirit of discernment is understanding God's word. What does he say? Did he say that? Right? Did he not say that? Right? Can you call BS... On something, right? No, God didn't say that, right? And so you don't have to have like this, like this internal wisdom of, um, of like, wow, I feel like that's not right. Mm-hmm. You can no, actually, that's against what God actually said, mm-hmm. right? And so discernment starts with the word, right? Understanding God's word, like, did He actually say that? Is either right or wrong, right? The Bible cannot have wrong things because if it has wrong things, then the Bible, God's word is infallible, right? It is perfect. It cannot be wrong in some places and right right in others. Exactly. And that's why it's right everywhere. The Old Testament and the New Testament are perfect. And I'm sorry to say to my Jewish brothers, rabbinical Judaism is false, right? Because it it contradicts itself. Right, and so this is where discernment. Me as a Jew, I can say, you know what, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can get to the Father except, except for Him. Me. Yeah. Right. So, right. If you don't, if you feel like you don't have the wisdom or the um, the spirit, like what they call the spirit of discernment, stop it. You know, read the Word, understand the Word, right? Because it starts with the Word. Right, and when you study the word, just like if you study algebra, right, you understand if if a, if an equation is correct or not. Correct. Or if you whatever you study, you know if it's right or not. So study God's word, understand God's word. Um, and the, the amazing thing with God's word is He will share something new with you, even if you read that same passage over and over again. Something new every time. So, adding closing, I think um, we're running out of time, but definitely, I mean, these are conversations that can go on forever. There's so much. There's so much to talk. There's so much to say. There's so much to 
to engage with. I mean, what's going on around us is just um, it's just an attack, really, and what the truth is, and an attack on God and His liberties and His goodness and His mercies, and and we as men, we need to we need to stand strong and we need to stay. Uh, grounded in the word of God, in the word of God, and keep our families in check and protect them, and and be warriors. Yeah, with grace uh, from our, fa- you know, for our families, right? With grace. Yeah, and um, and that's something that again, I think that we can we can definitely go on and on, but um, I think for now, um, yeah, I mean, it is always a pleasure to have you here, and and we'll make more episodes about this but i think it's time to for us to close so thank you for for joining dude this in this awesome. hall here um i love it you know i think the idea is how do we edify the church and 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 be a and be a force of goodness for those who are around us and and what god is doing through us in us i think is something that needs to be shared and I'll encourage men to find people, find the best people that they can find so they can be around them because I think we're better together. And there's a lot of solo solo rangers out there thinking that yeah, don't be they're on the ranger. right, yeah, but don't, don't be we that have guy. to have the right people around us. Don't be that guy. You know, um, surround yourself with fellow believers, um, other men, and, um, and fight the good fight. Yeah, have these chats, have these talks. I think it's important to to have these and and and, and let God use these these chats so so He can be glorified through us. Always. Thank you again. It's my pleasure. Hey friends, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. This episode was sponsored by Syracom Tech, your virtual IT department. Syracom Tech provides a wide range of services for your business. Did you know that your team can work from home just as if they were in the office with the right tech? Syracom Tech provides cybersecurity services, cloud services, IT support, infrastructure build, phone systems integrations, and much more. With more than 25 years of experience in the enterprise, Syracom Tech is here to serve you. You can book a free consultation by calling 720-819-7388. Again, the number is 720-819-7388. Also on the web at syracomtech.com. S-I-R-E-C-O-M tech.com. For more information. Until next time, God bless you.